Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! My body relaxed after his head popped through. He moved slowly in and out until his groin was flush against my body and he was fully seated inside me. He paused and looked at me. What the hell was he waiting for? He cocked an eyebrow. Seriously? He was waiting for a cue? I'm not a newbie. Fucking move. I wiggled my hips and smacked his hip at the same time. Bossy sweetness. Neil. Yes? Um. Wasn't that romantic? So romantic, so sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, so many things in my brain, but why don't we do our podcast? Okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you have just come here for sweet little dainty reviews of these little books, you made the wrong bet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Odds are against you. Um, and here the house always wins. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just gonna make that same oh, joke. Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> do it. You'll do it. Listen, we go head to head against these books and the house always wins. <laughs> that makes it sound more a lot uh, that makes it sound a lot more combative than in this case we're, we, well, I don't a know. Lot Sometimes more, it makes it sound like a lot more combative than we present ourselves to be. <laughs> uh, but the truth is we read all the we read the whole book and then we tell you the whole story so yes. if you are interested in not being spoiled then you should go buy these books read them and come back and they're pretty short you should be able to finish yeah them these are short ones yeah yes uh What books are these, listeners, you may be asking? Well, I picked the books. We read Abby's Bluff by Heather Hart and Choosing Simon, Oz Vegas Trilogy, book one by K.A. Bell slash Casey Bell. I thought it was two people. It turns out it's the same person. Yes. So if it's just gay men, then it's K.A. Bell. And if it's anyone else, then it's Casey Bell. Yeah. And I read the thing. And I was like, I did this. So you know exactly what you're getting into. And I'm like, I, I, I guess that is fine. Anyway, the theme was Vegas. Vegas. Which is um, there. there it was there, mostly. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say it was... Uh, Vegas was heavily in one book and... I mean, not at all in the other one. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> correct. But first, yes. Neil. Yes. Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? So, as we record this, we are rapidly approaching the holiday season, which is always joyous and stressful and full of sugar and all that stuff. Um, and surprising no one, I'm sure, I hate most Christmas music. <laughs> It is like manic obligatory joy, and I don't like it. 
I don't like a lot of like schlocky Christmassy stuff. Um, or it's just like, be happy. It's the holidays. I'm like, no, stop it. Stop it. Um, especially egregious to me is last Christmas by Wham. I fucking hate that song, even though it's not like a happy, happy, joy, joy song. I fucking hate that song. Anyway, I like the sad songs. Um, all that good stuff, but <laughs> I uh, recently, uh, and by recently I mean last year, came across a Spotify playlist called Electronic Christmas, which is exactly what it sounds like, and I would especially like to share with everyone the song <laughs> Thank You Mariah by Kalina Zanders, and <laughs> the chorus goes... Thank you, Mariah. Here's your reminder. You ruined Christmas. Oh, why, oh, why, yeah. <laughs> and it's basically about, like, I'm sick of hearing that Mariah Carey song. I just need another fucking song. And there's, like, a spoken word breakdown at one point. It's like, Michael Buble, where are you at? Remember that one time that Will Ferrell sounded like a mix of Fergie and Jesus? Even that would be better. <laughs> And then it also has, like, a dance mix to it, like, or a dance beat. It's a lot of fun. It's a really fun song. Thank You, Mariah by Kalina Zanders. It, it makes me laugh so much. Which, and I do, I do like All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. I do enjoy that song. But I also really appreciate that this person is like, listen, it's too much. It is too much. All I want for Christmas is you is the pumpkin spice of Christmas. It is too much. It is too many places. I'd like to hear anything else. Oh, my God. Uh, you may enjoy, Neil, a game that they play in the UK called, uh, that is about that song, Wham, the Wham song. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think it's called uh, Whammed. And so you try very hard to not hear that song like like you try to like if you even have a hint that you feel like it's coming on the radio you switch off the radio as fast as you can <laughs> run out of the store you like you run out of the store if you think it's turning on like you just do whatever you can to not hear it and to see if, how long you like just to see how long you can make it through the holiday season before you hear the song um covers is... don't count like if you hear okay. a cover that doesn't count uh, and which I appreciate because when NPR told the story today, they played a cover version of it just so in case anybody was playing the game, they weren't like wham. Yeah. <laughs> um, and people take it so seriously that a disc jockey at a football game played it and the whole crowd started to boo because they had all lost the game. And oh, <laughs> they were upset about it. I play that game every day of my life. Uh, yeah. But also. This Spotify playlist, Electronic Christmas, has a cover on it. Then I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of enjoy this. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his voice in that song. I don't know if it's like the the arrangement. I don't know what it is about that song in particular. I'm just like, it, like I find it so grating. I'm just like, shut up, just shut up, shut I up. Mean, I will take that song over simply having a wonderful Christmas time any day of the week. Any day of the week. That song can burn. See, burn. here's the thing. I hardly ever hear that song. I don't I don't know how because okay, so mom and I my mother and I went uh shopping. We went to like an outlet mall and we went to a bunch of like very you know like 
you know, the pottery barn and like a cutlery store. Every single one played that song. And not just like, not just a little bit, like it went on at least twice in every store we were in. And it'd be like the original and then a cover version of it. And I've never heard a cover version of it that is good either. Like they're all bad. It's a bad song. Why are we putting ourselves through the horror of that song? I love Paul McCartney. Hooray for Paul McCartney. Goodbye. Goodbye, man. <laughs> Goodbye. Like, like, if he was my favorite Beatle, which he is not currently, it's Ringo. But if he was my favorite Beatle, he'd be out right now. Completely out. Like, no. <laughs> He's my favorite Beatle, except during Christmas. I would kick him out of the Beatles during Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> not putting up with any of his shit. Fair. I mean, I guess I should talk about what I'm hot and bothered by, but honestly, I just feel so hot and bothered by Paul McCartney singing that song. Like, I feel like that counts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want another one or should we just move on? Um, let's just move on. Okay, great. <laughs> that was a freebie. Choosing Simon. Oz Vegas Trilogy, book one by K.A. Bell. I choose you. And I'll choose you over and over and over without pause, without a doubt in a heartbeat. I'll keep you. I'll keep choosing you always. Simon Maddox gave up everything when he followed his own path over the one his wealthy parents planned for him. It was the best decision Simon ever made. Today, he's an award-winning pastry chef, internationally recognized for his intricately detailed creations that resemble art more than food. If Miguel Garcia, a man he's wanted for years, would fall madly in love with him, Simon's life would be perfect. Firefighter Miguel Garcia has a secret. Revealing his truth could cost Miguel his family's love and the respect and loyalty of his co-workers. Are love and loyalty worth keeping if it means he must continue denying his attraction to a sexy pastry chef who always smells like chocolate? Miguel has two choices, live his life for others or choose Simon. He had a feeling Simon Maddox is worth the risk. All Miguel had to do was find the courage to take it before it was too late. This is the first book in a trilogy about a sweet, slightly stalkerish pastry chef, an adorable, shy computer geek, and a sassy diva who rocks a pair of stilettos as easily as he rocks a pair of scrubs. Three best friends find love and acceptance while living a life of their on their own terms in Sin City. So, Neil. Yes. That's what that book says it's about. Mm-hmm. What was this book about <sighs> this book was about um the trials and struggles that straight people think queer people go through and then straight people patting themselves on the back for being decent people yep yep that's what that that's what this book is about I have to say, like, there's more than a few times where we've read uh, queer romances and we've noted that the world in those books are just full of queer people of all varieties, shapes and sizes. And that that's great. 
And in a way, it's kind of a fantasy in itself to be just surrounded by this huge community. But then reading this book, which was full of fucking straight people, so many straight people, and we got to know all of their lives inside and out all the time. I was like, there's not enough queer people in this book. And that's, uh, and I'm just realizing that's the lie. Uh, that queer people build these big, huge communities around themselves to shelter themselves, to be safe, to have fun, to feel like themselves, and uh, this is stupid. What I'm reading right now is stupid, and I hate it. <laughs> yes, let's go on forever and ever about this place he used to work at, and he doesn't work at anymore, uh-huh. and uh, the their intricate love lives, all the straight people's intricate love lives. Let's talk about that for a really long time in this queer romance. I hated it. Mm-hmm. A fun game to play in this book was also, oh, I'm getting a lot of detail about this location or this person. We're never going to see them ever again. Never. Like, the like the um, we'll get to it. But the the proby at Miguel's work, who outed him, like we hear about how his dad just had a heart attack and he's fighting with his girlfriend to the point that I'm like, is he in a future book? Because otherwise, I don't care about him. I, I kept thinking, like, are all of these straight people in another trilogy? They have to be. They like read? Nick, the Miguel's friend, has to be in another book. Him and him and the the um, Maggie. Maggie. They have to be another book, surely, because we hear way too much about them, and we spend so much time. Like, oh god, there's there's a part where Nick's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just naive, but like, every I feel like everyone should be treated equally, and blah 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 blah. And then the very next thing that happens is he turns to Miguel and he's like, Oh, why didn't you tell me you were bi? I've, I'm a, I like I feel hurt that you didn't tell me. And then Miguel has to do emotional labor for the straight person. Yeah. And then we never, never, never once is is Nick like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you didn't feel like you could trust me, or like, hey, now that you are out, like, how can I be supportive of you? How can I be out? It was just us doing emotional labor for straight people. This whole fucking book. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about plot. And then I'm going to talk about some queer stuff. And then I'm, and then I'm going to talk about grammar. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Uh, okay. 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 So, um, Simon. Also, there's a character, Simone. I'm like, you have a Simon and a Simone in the same book. What are you doing? Well, I know. And the author even calls uh, themselves out. And they're like, uh, sh- she has the feminine version of my name. I'm like, what? Why not just make it a different name? This is a world you've created. Unless she's from another book or something. No, there's one moment where Nick like knocks on the window and waves at Simone like there. And I'm like, oh God, is this another person I have to remember? No, we didn't have to remember. We never came back to her. And also it made me think like, is he having an affair with her? (laughs) (laughs) Did he get confused? Is he waving to the wrong person because their names are so similar? What is going on? What is going on? Okay. So Simon, um, comes from a rich family and they want him to be a plastic surgeon like his father and he's like fuck you i'm moving to vegas to become a pastry chef and they're like no son of ours is going to be a commoner who cooks for other people like a commoner i'm like okay fine so he and his two gay besties pile up in a car and and drive to vegas 
It's like, we're striking out on our own. I don't care if they cut me off. I'm like, of course you don't care if they cut you off because the money is from your grandparents and your grandparents like you. So you're yeah. still getting money. Like you still have the privilege of all of that money. Right. And now he's a celebrity chef. He has, he and the three besties all live in different apartments in the same high-end apartment complex. And we find out at the end, he has a whole second bedroom that he doesn't do anything with. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. You're a monster. Ugh. Anyway. They don't actually and, live in Vegas, though. They live yeah, in, like, they're in um, Henderson. Henderson, which is like just outside. It's like a suburb of, I think. Um, and so, okay, so Simon and his friends, there's a Jamie and a Raven. There's a human being named Raven in this in this world. Um, they, they're like, oh my God, we're besties. We have keys to each other's apartments to just like hang out all the time or whatever. Okay. Um, and then we go to this cafe where Simon used to work before he became a celebrity chef. And he and his old boss, Maggie, love to watch Nick and Miguel, who are firefighters, run by and basically just like ogle them as they run past. It's not even Maggie though; it's some other girl. Like it's oh, it's is, it doesn't that, matter. It yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> None of it matters. And of course, we spend time like describing this cafe, but we're only there like three times, and none of that matters. Um, and and so Simon is like in love with Miguel, even though they've only ever sort of talked because like whenever nick and miguel come in they'll like order food and then because simon's there all the time and it seems like he times his schedule around when miguel is going to be running so he'll be in this cafe and so they'll sort of chat whatever whatever and then the the firemen will go on their way go back to their running and then we jump into miguel's head (laughs) and i did think that this was really cute that he's like oh my god simon is so hot yeah simon is so hot i just want to talk to him i want to ask him out oh my god i like that he watches me run in my short shorts though it did say that his shorts came up to his knee and i highlighted that and wrote straight um (laughs) it's like that's not short that's no um i don't even see straight men running in those kind of shorts anymore no uh well also also there's a point where they make a frozen reference like the gaze is part of their witty repartee it's like you need to be like elsa and let it go and i highlighted that i was like in this the year of our gay lord 2019 which is when this book came out i'm like you're still making frozen references bitch whatever anyway like are you kidding me the entire like they go to this nightclub that's all based around the wizard of oz and all i kept thinking was like no 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 um yeah especially because mgm don't they have that whole are they used to i haven't been to vegas a very long time but mgm had that whole like thing about the wizard of oz because it's an mgm intellectual property anyway so then we um find out that raven um did some like like designed the website or whatever for this new hot gay friendly club so it's not even a gay club. We're not even going to a gay club. We're going to a gay friendly club. Right. And it and that is in Vegas, but I'm like I don't know. It just Okay, and the whole like opening, like then we're told like it's a VIP only like opening for this club. 
And this club, <laughs> I was so angry because it just sounded so dumb. And they find out like the VIP is just everybody who worked on it. So mm-hmm. it's even like the journeymen, like the the people who worked on the floors, like the people who put it together and then a bunch of plus ones. I'm like, oh, no, this is a pre-opening tester. There are no VIPs here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And then they're like, oh, there's not even a VIP section. And Miguel likes that because he's like, that way we're all equal. And I'm like, no, this is a bad club. It's going to close in a week. <laughs> and then there was, I have to read the sentence to you. There was a young man working what looks like a coat check off to the right. He was helping a young woman check the wrap she wore. I was like, oh, what gave it away that it looked like a coat check? Just say it was a coat check. Just say it was a coat check. We enter into a foyer-like area. Just have it be a foyer. What are you doing? Anyway. So then it turns out that Simon is there because of Raven. So he's at the the opening. And and there's a part where... um, Jamie sees the owner of the club who's an attractive older man and says hello daddy and it's like oh Jamie likes to call attractive older men daddy I'm like oh yeah that's a thing that he invented all by himself (laughs) nobody else ever does nobody else does that Um, and then there's this whole thing about how they call Jamie diva put a pin in that we'll talk about it later when we talk about I I I feel we've fallen into the pattern of we need to get through the plot before we like talk anyway put a pin in that And then it turns out that Miguel is also at the opening because his landlord uh, did something. He did the floors. He did the floors. And the landlord is like, I'm 65. I don't want to go to this club. You go. Uh, Which is is fine. Which makes perfect sense to me. Um, So Miguel is there. He meets the owner and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with Sam or whoever who does. They have a whole pointless conversation. And then um, Miguel sees Simon there and he's like, now's my chance because I'm in a gay friendly club, not a gay club, a gay friendly club. And it actually like, I mean, like, and that's important to the plot later, which we'll get anyway. So they do their bumping and grinding for like 30 seconds. And then it's like, hey, do you want to go fuck now? And they're like, yeah. So they go back to Simon's place. That was the only part I thought these men are gay. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, I buy that. I believe that. Yep. Got it. Yep. (laughs) Why Um, waste any more fucking time? (laughs) Yeah. So then we. (laughs) Exactly. And he texted his friends. He's just like, bye, Zs. I was like, great. Um, and the friends know that, uh, Simon is into Miguel. So he's like, oh, I'm taking Miguel home one to be like, Ooh, but uh, on the other hand to be like, if I end up murdered, you know what happened. Um, and so the friends are like, yeah, get it girl. Uh, well, Jamie does. Cause he's a diva. Raven was probably like, okay, cool. Uh, so they fuck. It was fine or whatever. Thus proceeds. Like, finally, they, they get. Uh, I know we need to get to plot, but like they finally no, we get don't. to the door, and it's just like, now we're gonna take forever. We're just gonna take forever. We're going to quietly talk about stuff. We're not gonna kiss. We're not gonna hold each other. We're not gonna like get romantic. We're not even gonna get down to fucking. We're just gonna like chit chat for a while about unimportant things. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so then they fuck. And then, and then I just want to share, I don't remember if this was in the scene or maybe a different scene, but they decide that they want to like start hanging out and then they have the following conversation. 
You usually work weekends, right? Yes. Last night was a special occasion. I don't usually put in for time off on Saturday unless it's extremely important. The restaurant is closed Monday through Wednesday. Except you need to work those days this week. Right. Friday and Saturday are our busiest nights. So they literally talk through their whole schedules to figure out when they can hang out. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't need to I don't care. I don't care about any of this. So much of this book, I didn't need to know any of it. Like we There's so about. much so much bathtubbing. So spoiler, spoiler, they move in together at the end, and then they have this conversation. I have no idea how you're going to fit all your clothes in here. I glanced from the boxes to the empty space I cleared away from Miguel on side of the closet. That's, there are also words missing in a lot of this book. So yeah. it does say on side of the closet. Don't worry about it. I can keep my cold weather clothes packed until I need them. I'll swap out my warm weather clothes with them when the time comes. I can store the boxes in the coat closet or something. I guess I could clean some of the crap I have stored in the guest room closet. I probably don't need to keep any of it since I don't know what to do with it in the first place. I don't care. It's not important. I, not important. None of that is important. I don't fucking care. Oh my god. Anyway. Okay. So then they're fucking, and then we find out um, that the only conflict in this whole book is that Miguel is not out as being bi, and uh, that is that is literally it. That is literally yep. the only barrier to the relationship, because that's the only thing that queer people have to deal with. Like, that's the only problem we ever have. Yeah. Beyond that, we don't have to do anything else. No. Like, the only problem we ever have in our lives is being out or not, and then everything else is fine. So Simon doesn't have to grow or change as a character ever. No, he's perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect. As he is. And then and the only thing... Essentially, that- Miguel also is. Yeah, the only thing he has to do is come out. Mm-hmm. So then we have like, I don't know, maybe a hundred pages where nothing happens. And it's just like, oh, I want to come out. I want to come. And Simon does. He's like, listen, like, I'm interested, but like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to date you if you're in the closet and like, we can't be open about our relationship, which is fair. Yeah. And Miguel was like, I totally get it. And, like, I've been afraid to come out, but I think this is worth it. Like, I want to be with you more than I'm afraid of coming out. So, like, just give me some time to build up the courage to, like, do it. Because I'm, you know, like, he's a firefighter. So that's a very, like, macho industry. And he's like, if, you know, like, if someone doesn't feel like having my back in a on a call like that could literally cost me my life like i need to know that i can trust these people also my parents are fairly conservative so like i don't know how that's gonna go and he has a brother and a sister so he's like you know like i have a lot but i need to build up the courage i understand now's the time you're worth it all that stuff i'm like okay sure sure sure. this is all fair but then simon again simon doesn't have to do anything he doesn't have to change he doesn't have to grow he doesn't have to do anything so the chapters with him i'm so fucking bored yep because nothing's gonna happen Anyway, so then we have like maybe a hundred pages, and this is not even a long book. This book is like less than two hundred pages. Yeah, where the only thing we're building up towards is that Miguel has to come out, and he's a he's like he walks into work one day, and he's like, "I should come out to my coworkers today. Today's the day I'm going to do it," and then like a new guy who's still on probation. So they call him Proby. He comes up and says in front of absolutely everyone is like, Oh, Hey, Miguel, I saw you at Oz the other night. I was invited because, and then we were given the same information about who all was there. And it's like, we fucking know. Uh Um, 
but he's like, oh, hey, I saw you. Was that your boyfriend you were dancing with? I didn't know you were gay. And like, and I was so angry. Yeah. I was so upset. Like, like. K.A. Bell, fuck you. Honestly, like the first of all, the only thing the, the you feel that the only thing a queer person has to deal with is coming out. Like that's the only problem, struggle, conflict a queer person has to begin with, which is incredibly reductive and boring. And then, and then, so our whole story is Miguel gathering up the courage to do something scary to do one of the most important things in a queer person's life. And here's the thing. I, I, I say like, Oh, it's the only thing we have to deal with coming out. is a big deal. It is a big deal for a lot of people. It is very scary. It, 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 it it's enormous. The enormity of the act cannot be overstated, but we also have other things. We, we are not just coming out. We are not just our queerness. We are human beings who have other things going on in our lives, who also have to learn how to be vulnerable, who also have to learn how to let people in, who also have to learn to break habits, who also have to learn to not be scared of love. All the other things that we see straight people doing perfectly fine in romance novels, we also struggle with those things. We do. We have other feelings other than I need to come out now. So the fact that you're reducing his whole character to that single thing is like reductive and offensive to begin with. And then, and then in this book where you can have anything happen that you want, you take that away from him. Uh -huh. You take away his coming out. Why? Why would you do that? It was so then we could talk about how all the straight people there are such good people and they don't really care and they call this guy out for for outing him. And then we have the conversation with Nick where it's like, oh, why didn't you tell me? You could have trusted me and we have to do emotional labor for that straight person. And then it's like, oh, call me, uh, call me naive. I just think everyone should be blah blah blah. And then we have to have a conversation about by erasure, which is. Like, let me tell the straight person about biracial. Like, yeah, tell people, tell straight people about that. But it's like, in this really, oh, like, I was so angry. I'm fairly certain I was on a bus and I almost like <laughs> threw my Kindle off of the bus. I almost screamed, which I take, for those of you in San Francisco, I take the 22 to get to work. So like nobody would have noticed. <laughs> but it's like, how fucking dare this writer Create a narrative in which a queer person is reduced solely to needing to come out, and then you take that away from him twice. Twice. Because then later he comes out to his mom, and his mom's fine with it, but then the dad happens to be there and overhears, so then he doesn't get to choose to come out to his dad either. Fuck you! Why? Why would you do that? I was so upset. I was so angry. And you know, you know that this writer's like, oh, it's good tension. Ooh, ooh, it's scary. But it'll be fine because all the people around him are supportive. Where was a single fucking queer person to talk Miguel through it? Where was a single fucking queer person to give him his perspective? And later, when, when Miguel was like, oh, yeah, um... So he, he's talking to Simon and he's like, oh, yeah, so I was out at work and Simon's like, uh, what? And then Miguel was like, yeah, I had to talk to Nick. Like, Nick, they're fine. Nick and I had a whole conversation. He was like, why didn't you tell me? And then instead of being like, oh, that's shitty that you had to do that emotional labor for that straight person. Simon's like, oh, but he sounds like such a good friend and such a really nice guy. Uh. 
And, uh, okay, straight riders, straight riders, if you insist, if you absolutely insist on writing queer books with queer characters and like that the focus of your book is queer characters and their experiences write a fucking book about queer people don't write a book about queer people being bolstered by straight people where we then have to take time out of the narrative to pat straight people on the back for how fucking great they are. Like, you can have ally characters in your book without the attention being on them. Because I don't care. I don't care about those people. That's not why I'm reading this book. I'm not reading a male-male romance to sit around and jerk off about how great straight people are when they don't want to beat up queer people for being queer. No, I want to read a book about queer people experiencing love. Like, come on. Ugh. I think I'm done. No. I with don't that rant. There's more I to mean, say, but I think I'm done with that rant. I don't think you should be done. I think that was a very important rant. And uh, I, almost, I also was like, done i mean i just i was done with this book so much earlier and then when it got to that part where the guy like where the guy outs him at work um my first thought was like man i would never say that say anything like that to someone in front of everybody else like even if right? a person i knew was straight and there was their straight friend i was like hey so i would pull them aside and be like hey so i saw you at the club the other night like mm -hmm. now we're friends because i can talk to you about club stuff right and, like i saw you dancing with this hot guy like good job anyway <laughs> i had fun did you have fun did you what did you or, think of the club? like i would bring up the club for other reasons because right 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 or even unless just i'm like i know that guy stop dating that guy or yeah, yeah. or, or even like, just like oh whatever. hey I, I saw you at oz i saw you at that opening like i want i went to say hi and then i couldn't find you did you have fun did you enjoy yourself and yeah. then just like wait for you know like yeah, and then and then if you're if you're concerned that someone is in the closet and they might not feel safe around you then you can say something like oh hey yeah it was so much fun like i i'm excited that another queer friendly bar is opening up it looks like a really cool place i'm glad those spaces exist and like i i'm glad that i feel invited to them as well so it's like i can hang out with my queer friends and not have either us feel out of place by the venue or anything like that so yeah hey like if you want to go out at the club together like let me know or like maybe i'll see you there again like yeah cool whatever cool 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 have a good one like i mean i would never uh, talk so so then so that the fact that he outed him in this way in front of everybody out loud like that i was like finally a villain character has entered nope and we can and and i 100 100 percent expected what was going to happen next was that if nick was gonna be an ally nick was gonna stand up and say hey proby uh we don't generally talk about personal stuff like that out loud at work uh let's take you and i on a walk to hr so we can talk about employee relations <laughs> and, then, and then all miguel had to be is like it's like oh now i have to deal with everybody else and then have some other ally come in and go hey miguel i know something crazy just happened right now do you need to take some time <laughs> or do you want to talk about it it's up to you my friend 
Like, that's how I would assume you would show straight allyship instead mm-hmm. of, like, everybody being like, oh, Proby, crazy guy. And then. Anyway, the- we have, why did you lie to us, Miguel? Yeah. The most egregious part of this entire situation is that then ensues like 10 pages of dialogue between Miguel and his boss that you know the author thought was the wittiest little conversation that made no sense. It was just like, yeah, well, I'm going to tell your wife about this and this. Oh, yeah, well, she's going to want to set you up with people. (laughs) Aren't we funny? Aren't we funny? (laughs) I'm patting myself on the back. Like, it was... So not only was it a fuck you moment, but then we had to endure dialogue that the author thought was so witty and so cute and so funny that was abysmal it was abysmal so uh, so then there's like no barrier to the relationship oh except that now he has to come out to his parents um so Miguel comes out to his mom and we're not, you'll notice that we're not talking about Simon very much because he doesn't do anything and nothing interesting happens around him. He's not important. Except we spend, (laughs) we spend so much time talking about Jamie and Raven. And I'm like, I don't care. Like there's this whole thing about how like Raven goes through something, but it happens like off page. And I'm like, why didn't you save that for Raven's book? I want to hear this from Raven's point of view. What's wrong with you? This book felt like a transition piece. Like the way that some of these Star Wars and Marvel TV shows feel like mm. they're telling they're telling their own character story, but really it's just a transition between one story and another. Like this book felt like it was just a transition from her straight book, which I did find on Amazon and it is in fact about Maggie and Nick. I knew it. Uh, so it's just a transition from that book into the queer books. And I get the feeling like Raven and Jamie's books might be good ish. Not yeah. great. I'm not going to, I'm not going to no. read them or anything, but we'll be at least better than this because she's doing all of her world building and setup and whatever here. And uh, I'm hoping, cause it would be hilarious that those other two books make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> she's just going to we all read this book <laughs> yes oh, God. i do want okay. to read this passage please just to show our readers how boring this book was yes and it is one of the most boring passages in any book that we've read which is <laughs> a lot i'm excited which which one is it claire i'm so excited <laughs> so miguel says tell me your night anything interesting happen Yes, I laughed. Just thinking about what I had witnessed tonight made my heart soar, uh, much the way it had when I caught the live show. I don't know what the live show is, or like, I don't, there's no sense about what that sentence means. Anyway, okay, that was an enthusiastic response. I don't even know what it is, and I can't wait to hear about it. Tell me. I hope I didn't build it up too much, I snickered. I honestly don't think I could do the story justice, but here it goes. And I'm like, this had better be plot important. If it's not, I'm going to You know to it's not. There was a sweet little elderly couple. It had to be a straight couple. Dining with us tonight, Victor and Abigail DiMaggio. Why do we need their full names? No reason. Oh my God. They came to celebrate Abigail's 80th birthday. 
Anyway, after they were seated, Victor excused himself to use the restroom. Only he didn't. He pulled Anthony, our maitre d' aside, explaining he had a special gift he wanted to give his wife, and asked if we could indulge him when it was time for us to deliver the special dessert he ordered. Anthony isn't allowed to make those decisions, so he got Frank involved. He's our manager. Frank pulled me into the conversation in case it was somehow affected the, affected the dessert order. Once Victor told us his plan, we couldn't say no. What did he do? Before I tell you, let me give you a little background on Victor and Abigail. I'm not going to make you suffer through the rest of this dumb fucking story. Claire, Claire, (laughs) I am sat at the foot of a tree overgrown with moss at that story. I have been reclaimed by the earth listening to that story that's not even the whole story oh my god he's like what happened well first let me give you more context for characters who don't matter oh my god like if uh, like uh, writers if you want to put in a very romantic like side story that like makes our main character think about romance in a new way like Oh my God. Like I've been a person like, Oh, none of this is happening in this book. FYI. But let's Mm -hmm. just say that Simon had decided a long time ago, he was never going to be romantic involved with anybody. Like he was just about his job. He was just about his passions. And that was it. He saw no romance in the future, but now he's dating this Miguel and Miguel and he are having a really great time and he wants to keep dating him. And he's never wanted to date people before. And he's kind of, it's kind of makes him nuts. And then we see him at his job and we see him like look out into the restaurant and there's this old couple and they're like celebrating how many years they've been together and it changes his mind about what romance could mean mm-hmm. and so then he has to tell the story to miguel and when he tells him the story which we don't hear him tell it because we didn't need to because we saw it fucking happen like <sighs> it's all like cryy and miguel's like why are you crying and then he's like I don't know. And Miguel says, I've never seen you be this vulnerable with me before. Boom! Character development. Boom! Relationship up. Boom! Important things happen. That's how you use a fucking side story Mm -hmm. to have a thing happen. What happens in this after that? They're just like, oh, good night. (laughs) I'm reminded of our um, straight train book about the two teens taking the train across America mm-hmm. and they like interview all these people and even, and, and we don't see the story happen because it's people telling their stories, but those affect the characters. Those help us. Those help us, the reader understand the conversation around love that the book is having. It is, it, it, it is thematically important. It is important to the plot It's important to the characters like this. If none of those things are important, like we could, that whole chapter, that whole chapter is them in, in bed telling the story. We could have taken out the whole chapter and we never would have noticed. Never and we never would have noticed. It doesn't up the romance. Uh, it doesn't up the character development. It doesn't. Ch- it doesn't change the plot. It changes nothing. And it was also so, boringly told. <laughs> it, yeah, right. Well, then we had to talk to Frank because I, as a writer, need to show that I understand how restaurants are run. But the thing is, she doesn't. Because here's what's really important. Uh, so he is the 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 master pastry chef at what it sounds like a five fucking star restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
a master pastry chef at a five-star restaurant works in the morning and the early afternoon before everybody else comes to do prep. That way they have the kitchen to themselves because pastry takes up the whole fucking kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then they go home. They're not involved in the rest of the evening. Why? Because they have an assistant who's there, like, who's up and coming, mm -hmm. who's going to be the one actually distributing the and uh, finishing plating the desserts and distributing them that night. Uh, because the pastry chef's job takes all fucking day. Like, it takes a whole goddamn day to make one of these pastries. You know, to do, like, it takes all the time. Like, sometimes, like, you do rising dough stuff. Oh, it's gonna take a week to get these things ready. You do all of that during the day. He goes home. <laughs> no, Claire. No, Claire. He, the restaurant is closed Monday through Wednesday, but he oh only God. takes important days off on Saturday. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Dumb. Also, very important to note. Pastry chefs, even at five-star restaurants, don't make that much money. Like, they're, like they're, they are struggling. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he'd better he also, be coming out with his own book. He'd better he, be doing a lot of other side hustles. He's probably monetized the YouTube channel. Also, again, his parents are like... Hollywood royalty. He has money. He has he he was never cut off. He always had access to money. But no, he struggled. Uh, fuck off. Anyway, so to finish up the plot, Miguel goes and comes up to his mom, and then the dad overhears, and the dad's like, "I'm not gonna have a faggot at my house." Blah blah blah. And the mom's like, "Well, actually, it's my house. My parents left it to me. My name's on the lease." I won't, or the deed, I don't want any, any husband of mine not accepting their kids to get the fuck out, which good for her. Yeah, sure. It was fun, but <sighs> there was something disappointing about that because I wanted to see her struggle with this too, a little bit. Like if we're going to go for the coming out story, that's like, well, this is going to be a hard thing. Why can't people just be full human beings where it's like, uh, I really love you, son. This is a lot that just happened right now. I just kicked my husband out of the house. I kind of actually want you to go too, not because I'm disappointed, not because I'm not because I, you know, but just a lot of emotional things just happened right now. And then just have an argument with her too. Like have a whole emotional moment. Everybody has to deal with something right now. Let them all be selfish. Let them all be horrible. Let that all be real. Let even Miguel have a selfish moment in there where he says something wrong so that we can grow. No, Claire. These aren't people in this book. No. No. Um, so then the mom is immediately like, oh, I want to meet this man that makes you so happy. And then there's a lot of like, oh, my man, my man, my man, which I always find really weird. Um, and then Simon meets, and of course the brother and sister are like, oh yeah, no, we're totally fine with it. Uh, so Simon starts meeting the family. Well, Simon just shows up, FYI. He doesn't even Oh, that's right. Okay. That's right. Which because I thought was, I thought that's a point of conflict. Something's going to no. happen from there because that's not okay. No, no, of course it was okay. Because we can't have conflict. Because, Claire, queer people don't have conflict other than needing to come out. Right, 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 right. We, Sorry, never, yes. have, we never have feelings about anything else. We never get into arguments or fights about anything else never. ever. Never. The only point of conflict in our lives ever is coming out. And once that's cleared up, we're good to go. And once good. that's cleared up, we're never mad about anything ever again. 
No, and you can be a handsome, you know, pastry twink and just do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then it's like, okay, Miguel has come out. So there's no barrier to the relationship, and we have twenty percent of this book left. Yep. And then the rest of the book, I mean, they move in with each other, and then they. Their friends are helping them move into Simon's apartment. And while there are other people in the apartment, they go into the closet in the guest room, which one, I was like, oh, the symbology of going back into a closet. Great. Thanks, K.A. Bell. They uh-huh. go back into a closet and jerk each other off while there are other people there. And then they open the closet door and Jamie and Nick are just like standing in the doorway. Like, we knew what you were doing, and we wanted to embarrass you about it. Creepers. Creepers be gone. What are you doing? Stop it. Not nice. Anyway. Got over that so, shit in college. Right. So then then we have to deal with the dad some more. He comes. He, he visits Miguel at the fire station. Oh, someone, someone comes. Oh, God. Someone comes in and is like, oh, hey, Miguel, there's someone here to see you. And Nick is like, oh, if that's your man, tell him to save me some of the pastries. And then we have three pages of him and the proby and and Miguel joking about Simon's pastries. And it's just like, well, I can't save any for you, but my man does this and this. Well, my man works for my lady. And blah, blah, blah. it's just like, oh, what is happening? Anyway, so then he has a conversation with the dad. And the dad is like, I've undone years of of trauma and conditioning. Sure, whatever. What I did appreciate, what I did appreciate is that it wasn't like, oh, I'm sudden, my mind has suddenly changed. It's just like, I realized I done fucked up. I like went and talked to a priest about it. The priest was like, no, queer people are fine. And then I was, <laughs> but then I was like, do you think they would have chosen a, that progressive of a church to go to? I don't think they would have, no, but the, whatever. I would have said something about that before. Whatever. It's fine. Um, but I did appreciate that the dad is like, listen, this is a process for me. Like, I'm sorry about what I said. These are the reasons why I believe this. I have a lot of work to do on myself. Can you accept my apology? I want to be back in your life. Just understand that it's going to be a process for me, which I appreciate it because because so many times it's just like a like a one eighty switch. Like the the excuse me the um the uh, figure skater hockey player one that it's yeah. just I I forget which ca- someone was like oh I, my mind has been changed completely and that's happened more than once. Yeah, I, I think it was like the dad who was going to kill him, and then he was like, oh no, I love you now. Or whatever. It doesn't matter. None of it matters, Claire. Um, so then the so then the book ends at that conversation, and I highlighted it. I'm like, this isn't a romance. This isn't a romance because we didn't need to resolve the romance for the book to end. We needed to resolve the relationship with the bigoted father. Right. Which is not a romance. But then we have two epilogues where they're like... I don't even remember. Getting married, moving... I don't know. I don't. I don't even care. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the two epilogues are like, uh, they're going to uh, meet, it sounds like they're just going to go meet Simon's family, Simon's rich family. Oh, that's right. They meet his grandparents. But then and... it turns out Miguel had this whole thing worked out anyway and was going to ask him to marry him. Oh, that's right. They, yeah. Whatever. Okay. So, some things that also bothered me about this book. <laughs> um, what do you want to talk about first, Claire? Uh grammar or the use of the word diva oh ooh, choices okay you know what i feel like 
Let's go with Diva because that's a okay. new rant that I don't think no one's ever heard before. Yay. And we'll hit the grammar highlights. Okay. So um, Jamie, their friend, uh, Simon's friend, Simon and Raven's D'Artagnan or whatever. Uh, Jamie is obviously like let me play with gender expression. I'm wearing stilettos and makeup to the club, but I still identify as male. Like, fierce, fierce, honey bitch, fierce. Like, all that good stuff. They call him diva all the time. Like, there's one point where he, when he makes the daddy comment, and they're like, oh, diva, girl. I'm like, that's not, nope. That's not when we call someone diva. Because she's not being a diva. She's just, like, being thirsty over a zaddy. Like, that's not a diva moment. And then there's one point where it's like, oh, yeah, our fabulous friend did this and this. It's like, no, 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 no. You are using the word fabulous as a euphemism for feminine in a way that felt really weird to me. Like, it, it was like... Oh, we don't want to say that he's feminine. We don't want to say that he, like, expresses himself that way. So we'll use these woo-girl euphemisms that we think that the gays love so much, like diva and fabulous. Right. Which is not how queer men would talk about their friend, and that's not how Jamie would talk about himself. I'm like, why? Why? But please, girl, girl, K.A. Bell, talk to some gay men about it, Okay. Instead of just like, instead of reading other gay romance written by straight women about what they think gay men are like, like yeah. I'm sick, I'm sick of this echo chamber, and uh, uh, I don't know if that pinged for your radar at all, Claire. It did, and it, yeah. and it wasn't like it was like uncomfortable just because it felt like I was like it was wrong. It also like the way straight romances will sometimes have. Um, quirkiness as a character mm-hmm. and like they'll have like the girlfriend group will have a nickname for one of the girls because she's the quirky one mm-hmm. and um oh her name is really such and such but we all call her we all call her showers because uh her name is actually april but like spring showers you know something like that like it's the dumbest longest way to get to like a really <laughs> dumb nickname ever <laughs> Uh, and like the and it's and they perpetuate this as if that's how people live their lives or something mm-hmm. and it's it's very awkward and it's very quirky and it's very cute and that's what it felt like it was like yeah. a bad translation of straight romance onto queer people yeah yeah there's even a line where like oh also sorry really fast i noticed this at the opening at the opening party of oz there's a point where simon goes to the bar and he has a little a little chat with the bartender and he talks about how busy it is and then he ordered a lemon drop and i'm like you fucking bitch ordering a lemon drop when the bar is that busy (laughs) anyway so there's a part where he's i think it's when he sees miguel and he's finished his drink and he hands it off to raven and like the narrative literally says in the gay friendly bar version equivalent of hold my drink and i'm like what what anyway one of there was a moment with uh with uh jamie that was particularly awful for me for so many reasons but so they're at the at the club uh Jamie comes back to like their area in like a huff and like sits down on the couch and is just like, Oh my God, you would not believe what just happened. 
And everybody's like, what, Diva? Tell us what. And then Jamie proceeds to say that he was being hit on by this guy and he was enjoying the conversation. And then the guy was like, I bet I can guess what you are or, you know, like uh, what you do for a living. And Jamie's like, go ahead, try. And then the guy's like, you're a hairdresser, aren't you? And then Jamie throws a fucking fit about that and is like, you know, just because like I'm, you know, feminine and dressing and like I look like this. Does just because not I'm mean. fabulous and a diva. Yes, yes, honey, work diva, woo girl, bitch. Uh, and then comes back and then on the couch with everybody has a page long, page and a half long monologue about how like, look, he doesn't think that there's anything wrong with being a stylist. Obviously, that's fine. He knows lots of amazing stylists. I mean, stylists are great. They're very important. They're part of our culture. But also, I don't want to be seen as uh, just a stereotype. And all I kept thinking was like, this is not a conversation that people would have. No. Like, if he was annoyed by that, he'd like, first of all, I don't think any other gay man would say that to him. <laughs> do we, do we find out what he actually does? Yeah, he's like a nurse or something. Or he's oh, like a yeah. doctor. Unknown. It doesn't really go into it in the book much. Oh and yeah. Fact, because the back of the book says scrubs. So we assume right. he's a, he's a nurse or a vet or something. Something. But like that whole part is like, I was like, I was like, okay, well, author, tell us what he does. No. Tell us what he does, author. And then no. the author was like, oh, I don't think the author remembers. <laughs> uh, um, one more characterization note, and then I'd like to touch on some grammar stuff, and then I feel we should probably move on, because there's a whole other book we have to get to. Um, Miguel is strangely uh, violent and jealous. Uh-huh. In a theoretical kind of way. Like, there's a scene where... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where was it? No, up. Okay. Somebody, I forget who this is, but somebody says, I think it might be Nick. I feel bad for Simon, though. His words brought me to a sudden stop. Why? Was someone harassing Simon? Was he having issues at the restaurant? Did I need to murder someone and make it look like an accident? And the thing that was going on is that it was like, oh, Simon's really busy because of... Like, it was a completely innocuous thing. But the yeah. first thing in Miguel's head is like, oh, I need to murder someone. And I'm like, oh, red flag. Red well, no, flag. I mean, but that was actually everybody's first instinct. Like, yes, Simon does it too. It's like, who do I have to kill? Who do I have to right. murder? Like, and like Simon sends like his friends like a, you know come over right away i have something to tell you and when jamie comes over jamie's first instinct is like oh, what's happening what's happening is there so do i have to kick someone's ass and I'm like wow why are we all going there right okay let me talk about grammar i have two two points one is tenses and one is commas uh tenses this book didn't know what tense it was in i'd like to read two passages one which is two sentences long, the first. I shifted my weight when my pants became uncomfortably tight in the crotch. I hope Chloe didn't ask me to do anything that required standing or walking. So we're just going to change tense from one sentence to the other. And then there's another example. The younger man's head jerked up and his eyes widen. So we're changing tense in the middle of a sentence. That's fine. That's fine, I guess. Just whatever tense you feel like that day. Uh, who knows? Uh, and then commas commas 
commas. Um, this book, I've decided, the only way I could get through it is I decided that this is actually a game. There are sentences that require commas that don't have them and sentences that have commas that don't find them. And I think the <laughs> author set up a little game where you take the commas out of the sentences that don't need them and you put them into the sentences that do and find out if there are enough commas in this book. I'd like to read a passage. Do it. He slammed the door, making the mirror beside it shake again. There's no comma in there. So the way this sentence is structured, I'm going to read it again. He slammed the door, making the mirror beside it shake again. So the way, that, because there's no comma, what the sentence means is the door that was making the mirror beside it shake again is the particular door that was slammed. As opposed to, he slammed the door, comma, making the mirror beside it shake again, which indicates that the door is the thing that's, or him slamming the door is what makes the mirror shake. And you'll say, Neil, Neil, this is incredibly pedantic of you, Neil. And yes, yes, I know. I know. In that particular situation, fine. There are so many sentences in this book that just th thoughts just kept running into each other because there were no commas, and I had no idea w how to parse out these sentences. This is this is why commas exist to tell to to section off bits of the sentence so we can connect them logically in our brain and know what part of the sentence is talking about what. Also, at one point, there was a semicolon in there for absolutely no reason. <laughs> Just the middle of a sentence, it had a semicolon. Why was why was that there? And then there were other sentences that had commas for no reason. Let me see if I can find an example. Oh, Father Eduardo was kinder than he should have been when he pointed out how utterly wrong, comma, I was. Well, that's... So I took that the comma from that sentence and I put it in the one about the door. Good job, good job. And then it was, and then it was, it was a fun game I played with myself <laughs> so that I could sleep at night. <laughs> Oh, also, sorry, really fast. There's a part where they have sex and it like soaks through to the mattress. And then we have to talk about the mattress. It says, we'll shower and let the air, let that air dry for a bit. He nodded at the bed. I'll spray it with some cleaner before we flip it so it doesn't sour or mold. Braggart, the other one says. I'm like, first of all, have y'all never heard of a mattress topper? Second of all, why are we talking about mattress mold in a sex book? No, stop. What is wrong with you? I'm, okay, I'm here very, we, here's, I'm very excited when we talk about things that like lube, but not right? mold. Not mold. Here we go. From the stories he told me about his childhood, vacations, and spending time with his father at the auto shop, semicolon, I knew Mr. Garcia loved Miguel. No. That could just be a coma. I don't I, I've already lost this game because I don't know where to put the semicolon, Claire. There's no place <laughs> for it. There's a there's a remainder of semicolon. Anyway, this book was rough. And it was only like 180 pages or something. I know. I know. And oh it could have been God. 20. It could have been 20 pages. It could have been zero. Ugh. Anyway, should should we be done? Let's let's move on to the next book. That was Choosing Simon, Oz Vegas Trilogy Book One by K.A. Bell. Abby's Bluff by Heather Hart. Abiel O'Sullivan's world is turned on its axis when her boyfriend is killed in a motorcycle crash. To break the ensuing months-long cycle of self-destructive grief, her best friend, Maya, 
<laughs> buys plane tickets and first-class accommodation for a fun weekend in Las Vegas. On their very first night, Abby meets Joel, an aloof but streetwise card shark who is drawn to the cautious and sad-eyed beauty. He encourages the two friends to try their hand at the poker tables. When Maya gets out of control, drunk, and loses more than she can pay, Joel offers Abby an unusual way out of the jam. Depending upon who wins one game of high card, the alpha male will either cover Maya's losses or Abby will become his sex slave for the duration of her stay in Vegas. Desperately wanting to help her friend, Abby is sorely tempted by his offer, even though she's not a gambling woman. Finally, she takes a chance and plays the game. When she loses the draw, Abby's once-limited sexual horizons are pushed to their limits. With, its, with his understanding and sympathetic nature, however, Joel could prove to be more than a means to heal the hurt from her past. In fact, he might just be the one man she'd always dreamed of. Then again, maybe he's just a con man. In the end, only she can decide what her limits are, and what happens after that is anyone's game. <laughs> okay so uh -oh. before we get into it claire uh per our agreement i did not finish this book good job good job i read 30 percent oh I, wow. I told myself 25 and then that was in the middle of a chapter so i finished out the chapter and um listeners just to give you an idea, chapter five, which is 30% in, is called a proposition. So it takes a long time to get to that proposition. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so should we, Claire, should we get into it? And then I'll tell you where I stopped reading. Yeah. yeah okay. Let's get into it. Good, good, good. Um, first, this book was hilarious at times in that it sometimes just made no fucking sense at all. And I was... <laughs> It was very, like, and, like, the sentences were so funny, <laughs> and it just, okay. So, Abby is happily in a relationship with this dude. When we first see her, he's... Mostly happily. What? Mostly happily. Mostly he doesn't happily. get her off all the time. No, he doesn't get her off all the time, but, like, you know what? She loves him. So, you know what? She's accepted that as part of their relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to just allow that to be a truth. Uh, as What's funny about that, though, is as he's leaving, she's like, oh, goodbye. He's off on his motorcycle. I hope he's careful. Now time to take out my dildo. <laughs> like, we just had sex and it was fun for what it was, but I did not get off and I need to get off. <laughs> so... Um, and like there's a little joke in there is like because you know girls who don't don't climax enough die instantly <laughs> and it was, and it was, so she comes and she has like a lovely little like you know half fantasy where this like faceless man just sort of takes her it's a very dull normal fantasy like mm -hmm. it's just oh you just have good sex with a dude that's it her whole fantasy is she just says good sex with a faceless dude but she gets <laughs> off so it's fine yay um, she goes about her day, and then two police officers show up at her door. Her boyfriend has died. Which um, I was... So obviously I knew that there was a dead boyfriend. I don't think we've ever been there for the death. Right. I, which I was, was crazy. startled. And yeah, I was too. One, we've, we didn't actually meet him. So we still have... Because the narrative picks up with him having just left. So we never have met the the dead husband because it's usually a dead husband that we 
care about their dead wives, but we barely talk about the dead wives. Um, but yeah, he, he died during the narrative. I was like, what? I know. It was so nuts. <laughs> was, I kind of loved it. I did too, actually. And, and like, she has to go collect his things and in his things is a little box with an engagement ring in it that she had picked, that she had picked out with him. And she was just like, holy shit, he was going to ask me to marry him today. And it's Valentine's Day. So it was like, it was a big deal. And so she spirals off into a deep fucking depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even, it's, it's a no joke depression. She goes on fucking disability. Um, Mm -hmm. she works as a kindergarten teacher and she is fucking out of it for months and just like cannot move, cannot leave the house. Like she is seriously needs help. So her friend Maya, who is described thusly, (laughs) she was gay as a ginger nut biscuit, but that never came between us. But we never let that come between us. Okay. She was gay as a ginger nut biscuit. First of all, I had no idea that ginger nut biscuits, one, existed, two, were gay. (laughs) (laughs) Were I to guess which biscuit were gay, I don't think I would have guessed that one. But now I know. Um, But now I know. Thank you. Thank you, Helen Hart or whatever your name is. But we never let that come between us. Allyship. (laughs) Almost. To me, it was like, oh, but it's okay because she never hit on me or anything. I know. I don't. We don't expect that to. Whatever. It's fine. It was an insane thing. It was an insane thing that was said, and I was was just like, okay, okay. I guess that's what happened. So, at least we now have a problematic queer person in a straight book right but but not what i like about maya so she knows that you know abby needs to get needs to be shaken up she does take abby on this like all expenses paid like vegas trip but then we quickly find out that maya in fact has a terrible gambling addiction (laughs) (laughs) and maybe a drinking problem and really this was just an excuse to take herself to vegas because abby does not enjoy gambling or booze (laughs) yes this is not a fun trip for her or other women because she's women. real mean to those waitresses in her head. She, she like and like she only has mean things to say about any other woman except for Maya because Maya is not a threat, and not in the way that like oh she's gonna not gonna hit on me. She's not gonna take any man. She's not gonna take my manses. So, um, so this trip was completely selfish on Maya's behalf. Right. <laughs> and Abby is bored and not happy. And only wanted to see, <laughs> only wanted to see the only straight act left in Vegas, which is uh, Donnie and Marie. <laughs> <laughs> which is barely straight. Let's be honest. I mean, also, the whole those time, those two are very Mormon people. <laughs> right, is, they but are the, very straight. Right, but the campiness. I um, know. I know. The thing too, she's like, "Oh, we were stuck in the casino." Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Just go to the pool." Just, just go to the pool. What do you do? Like, there's a pool because they were staying at the Flamingo, which there were a few years that my parents and I went to Vegas and we would stay at the Flamingo. 
And the pool was cool. There was like a whole cave thing with like a waterfall in the middle of it. So you could like hang out in the cave or whatever. I'm just like, go hang out at the pool, girl. Just like take a book or like a pina colada and just like nurse that for the whole day and get some vitamin D to help you with your depression. Yeah, just be at the pool. It's fine. But no, she felt that because I, I, the as far as I got in, I'm like, oh, Abby's just a like bowl of oatmeal that just like lets people take her from place to place. Yeah, she's a cardboard woman. So in comes Joel, who and... looks like the dead boyfriend. Yes, he looks like the dead boyfriend and <sighs> is fine. I have a story. <laughs> About something similar, and I'm going to save it for the extended episode. Ooh. So, listeners, if you want to hear a story about somebody dating someone who looks exactly like their dead boyfriend, subscribe to our Patreon, and you will get to hear that story. Dang. Dang. Yeah. Dang. Um, so, in walks Joel, and Joel is a very handsome guy, and he's like, you guys are not going to have any fun on the slot machines. You should come and play the tables. And so, they're like, Okay. So they come and play the tables. Abby is not impressed. <laughs> she does not give a fuck. She's like, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm going back up to my room. And Jill's like, are you sure? Like, you could stay down and we could have some fun. And she's just like, I don't know what fun there is to be had in Vegas. And she leaves. She goes I just to wanted her. to see Donnie and Marie Aspen. That's all she wanted. <laughs> so she goes back to her room. The next day wakes up. Uh, I mean, they, they both cut her and, you know, they, they get a little bit drunk, her and Maya, but not really. Like, she's, Maya the, the comes back the descriptions of wasted. The descriptions of hungover Maya were so funny. <laughs> she was great, honestly. She was great. Maya is so hungover. She's, she's not feeling good. And not only that, she just blasted through like $20,000. Yeah. Like, it is gone not only is it gone but she really she has no money to pay for the rest of their stay in vegas like she has no fucking money she's in debt to the hotel she also has lost her credit card yeah and it said didn't it say that like the charges were on the card which i assume i mean could have been she like put money on to gamble with or like somebody took the card and was charging it up yeah and it was like both things so she couldn't really contest it because she couldn't remember all of her own charges but also mm -hmm. they were just charges to the hotel she was in so it was yeah. hard to tell which was which so she didn't have a credit card she's in debt to the hotel uh she is hungover as fuck and then it quickly realizes she's not just hungover she has the flu or something they have mm -hmm. to call up a doctor the hotel doctor arrives who happens to be a very pretty looking lady and I did appreciate that uh, when Abby called down for the doctor, that whoever she talked to at the front counter was like, oh, doctor and so-and-so um, can actually be up in the next five minutes and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, sure. Could you just tell him this and this? And then the person was like, actually, doctor so-and-so is a woman, but I'll be sure to tell her. Thanks. <laughs> Take that, Abby. Take that, Abby. Sexist bitch. Uh. So then Abby goes, she's like, well, what the hell am I going to do? She goes downstairs and, oh, there's Joel again. Okay. So now Joel has entered the conversation for reals. And he's like, let me take you out on a date. Let me show you Vegas. Look, it doesn't matter what happens. Blah, blah, blah. They eventually end up back at his mansion. Wait, stop, 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 stop. Okay. 
because I got to, they went to the stratosphere oh, for the okay. date. And that's where I stopped. So he ordered for her, he directed her around by putting his hand in the small of her back. He ordered her this like creamy chocolate drink at like 11 in the morning or whatever. She's like, I could have had like seven of these. Um, and she like tells him the, the, um, the situation with Maya. Uh-huh. It's my Maya. Okay. So can I predict what happens for the rest of the book? Oh yes. On yes. Um, so she continues to be oatmeal and just does whatever he says. He is um, possessive in really weird ways right away, completely immediately without checking in about it. And then I'm guessing that Abby's the one that lost the card because she put it in her bag and it kept mentioning how the zipper wouldn't close properly. So I think she's the one who lost the card. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so tell me what happens. All right. So, well, after the stratosphere date and they, they kind of hang out in Vegas for a little bit. He introduces her to one of his friends, uh, whose name I don't remember off the top of my head. Does it matter? It does matter that he's like the bad guy. Should we just call him Bill? Yeah, let's just call him Bill. That sounds good. Anyway, so introduces him to uh, her to Bill, but it's more like like they run into Bill. They're not happy to like he's not happy to see Bill. He's like, oh, this is he's also a professional gambler. Like he's you know, and Abby then mentions, well, you are you two brothers? You two look so alike. I don't know why the narrative wanted to do that. And they're like, no, we're not brothers. And like, they're both upset about it. I was like, are they brothers though? Like, is, <laughs> is that what we're, and why do all of the men look exactly alike in this book? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've met Ooh. three and they all look the same. <laughs> Abby has the most specific type of sexism, which is women can't do certain things and all men look alike. I mean, either that or she has face blindness. So really, all she sees is just like... The guy in her dream had no face. Right! She has oh, face blindness. She's got face blindness. So when she sees a lady, she's just like, all she thinks about is boobs. Because, like, she gets the boobs part. She can see the <laughs> boobs are different. The faces all look the same. Oh my god, we've been characterizing her all wrong. Good. Anyway, so Abby is like happy to hang out with Joel. He's fun. He takes her out to places and he's like, Do you want to come back to my house? And it's so obvious that what's going to happen is like making out. And she's just yeah. like, Yeah, let's fucking do this. I definitely want to have sex with you. Right. <laughs> and like her. she's thinking it. I could have done like, with all of this so much sooner. And, oh, I know. And she's Because also, this is head. also not a long book. And it was no. 30%. I, I was 30% in and they hadn't even gotten to the proposition yet. Oh my God. It Ugh. takes forever to get to that. But so she's thinking in her head, like he probably lives in the, one of those sad Las Vegas ranch houses, like way out in the burbs. And it's like got nothing in it. Cause he's a fucking bachelor who just spends all his time at the gambling tables. Whatever. I'm going to fuck him anyway. Like that's pretty much what she thinks. And I mean, she, she's on vacation. Why the fuck not? Right. They get to his fucking mansion and it is huge. There's a infinity pool out front, and she's just like, oh my out god. Out front? Yeah. Who well, puts a pool in the front? Well, that's what she kind of says to him. She's like, 
you have an infinity pool in front? And he goes, well, that one's mostly just for looks. The real pool is indoors downstairs. <laughs> I... What? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. So okay. they go in to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and forget that so I can sleep tonight. They go in to, like, have... You know, they're kind of making out. And then he kind of points out that there's there seems to be something to miss like her mind is somewhere else and she goes ahead and she admits to him like one like she's overwhelmed by this house like she did not expect him to be this fucking rich two like she's honestly worried about her friend who has the flu back in this hotel room and she feels guilty because she's like living it up apparently and her friend who paid for this whole trip has the flu but also is like an incredible debt to the casino now so our man then gives her the proposition. Let's play a game of cards. <laughs> and it's it's basically like whoever has the highest card wins. And if you win, I will pay your friend's entire debt and then some. So like I will pay for not only the debt, I will pay for all of the trip that you've had so far. So and I'll put, you know, you can get back in the cab if you want. and Or, like, I can take you back to the hotel in my car. And, like, you can just go along your way. No big deal. If I win, you are going to be my sex slave for the entirety of your trip. And you have to do everything I say and no arguments. Is he also going to pay off the debt in that situation? No. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she... Why would you do... Okay. 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 <laughs> Can I just, I would uh -huh. just like to clarify the situation uh -huh. in which Abby finds herself. She's, she wants to fuck a guy uh -huh. that she would do for free. Yeah. And her friend is in lots of debt. Uh -huh. And, and someone whose job is to be good at cards uh -huh. says either I'll give you lots of money or you have to be my sex slave and your friend is still going to be in debt. Yep. Why would anyone agree to that? Doesn't matter. She does. Oh, God. Abby, just have sex with him and go home and figure out what to do about your friend's debt. That's right. like, that's, and the thing too, that's like, you meet a lumberjack and he's like, I know, we'll have a wood cut chopping contest to see who gets to do blank. And you're like, okay, I have a chance at this. Abby. Abby. Yeah. See, so. see here's the thing. If he said... If, if he said, if you win, I'll pay off the debt and you'll get extra money. Like, I'll upgrade your room. I'll treat you f all your dinners for the rest of the trip. Blah, 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 like, lap a luxury for the rest of the trip all on me. Or you have to be my sex slave, but then I also just pay off the debt and you have to deal your own way. That, that is that is a good, those are good, that, that is way, evenly weighted odds right, that you would agree choice. to do it. It's also, like, you know, but yeah, so. Oh, God. Okay, sure, Abby. What, well, t to be fair, she's a kindergarten teacher. She probably doesn't know what money is. Yeah, she's having a hard time. <laughs> so she plays the game and she loses. So she Obviously. has to be this guy's sex slave. By how much did she get a two and he got a king or something? Oh, I don't even remember. It okay. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so she loses and he's like, great. You want to watch a movie? And she's like, okay. And she's like, is it going to be like a sex movie? Like she does not know what's going to. Let me just say from the jump, 
Abby's on board with being his sex slave. Like she's like, yeah, like yeah, I need. She just likes to be passed off. Yeah, she's, she's a bowl of oatmeal that just likes to be passed. Somebody tell me what to do. I don't please, please. Want, <laughs> please, for the love of God, take the control away from me. I don't want. It. <laughs> so, which hey, good for her. So I he's guess like, that's what you want. Let's start this off with a movie. I want you to pick a movie. And he hands her the remote and turns on Netflix. And he's, she's like, what am I supposed to do here? He's like, scroll and pick a movie. And she's just like, no, is this like some kind of test? Like, I have to pick the right one? And he's like, yeah, you have to pick the one you want to watch. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, what if you don't want to watch it? He's like, I want to know more about you. I just want to watch whatever you want to watch. Like, that's, a, that's what we're doing here. I'm learning about you by learning what you want to watch. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I love this situation. She's like, okay, you're my sex slave. Tell me about yourself. Yeah, no, that is exactly what a nice man. I tell you what, Joel is great. (laughs) (laughs) If an attractive rich man was like, hey, you you could be my sex slave, but also I want to get to know you and make sure you're doing okay. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. For a long weekend? Yeah, of course. So they just like, Watch a movie. What movie does she pick? I don't. Re- Some rom com. I don't think it's one that exists. So oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it is like a rom com. Watch her pick like you've got mail or something. It is something like that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it had a BBC note to it. Anyway, but they just did it like unlike the other book. It did not take us through the plot of an entirely different story that we didn't need to know. About. <laughs> <laughs> and then it tells us the whole plot of the movie. So. Oof. They just sit and watch the movie, and the whole time she's like freaking out. Like at any moment, he's gonna order her to do something that she doesn't want to do. And then he's like, then they finish up the movie. He's like, "Great, take off your clothes." And she's just like, "Okay, it's starting." <laughs> and so she takes off her clothes, but she's like freaking out about this whole thing. So she's doing it. She starts doing it, and, then, and he's like, "Uh, slow, do it slow." And she's like, "Oh." <laughs> So, oh, I've never heard that before. So she has to do it slowly, and she's like, in the she's having some hard times with it, and he's like, kind of laughing at her a little bit, but also trying to be like calm and nice, and she's just like freaking out, and he stops and he goes, "Listen, listen, <laughs> I, you're my sex slave for the weekend. Whatever. Like, if at any point you don't want to do this anymore, you can, we can just stop. It's okay. <laughs> like, seriously, we don't have to do this." <laughs> Because Dom sub relationships require <laughs> consent. And, and he's like, you know, I mean, that's this is what I like. Like, I like like being in charge and ordering a lady around. Like, I I like that. But I like that she likes it. So like, if you're not into this, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and let me guess, she freaks out about it. The stakes could not be lower, <laughs> and she has an, a, a a crisis of identity about it. Well, she's like a little freaked out, but she's just like, no, no, no. I just, I was just like taking a lot for me to get used to. And he's like, okay, no, let's, it's fine. And so then, um, they have, uh, so she takes off her clothes and he's like, touch yourself. And he's, she's like, oh, uh, I have never done that in front of somebody else. I don't know. Like, he's like, yeah, this is going to be new for you. That's fine with me. Touch yourself. <laughs> and like, and that, and it has like a really good, like sort of self masturbation scene. And then he goes down on her and like her world. Just explodes. like in the dream. Just like in the dream. Mm. Um, and then, uh, 
And then, like, that's it. Like, he doesn't, like, have sex with her or anything. He's like, okay, right? Like, uh, do you want to, like, here's a robe. Like, I'm going to take your clothes and, like, have them cleaned. Like, why, you know, do I'm going to order a pizza. She's like, oh, well, do you want me to do something for you? He's like, no. And she's like, no, no, no. But, like, I mean, that's how this works. Like, I'm supposed to be pleasuring you. He's like, you did. She's like, no, but you did not come. And he's like, I mean, but that's not the only part of sex. <laughs> and she's oh. just like, she's just like, well, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then, is this the, is Joel the Dom we've wanted all this time? Look, this is a horribly written book. I cannot stress how awfully written this was and that the grammar was so terrible. And yeah, he's great. Joel is great. (laughs) And you're going to love the ending of this book too, by the way. So great, great, great. They have pizza. It's great. Of course it is. (laughs) She's, she eats a ton of it. She eats so much. She burps (laughs) and he's like, this is hilarious. (laughs) I like having you around. She's like, okay. (laughs) He's like, Let's have more sex now. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Now that I'm full of pizza. (laughs) So they have more sex. And like the thing that bothers her, like, and I got to tell everybody, no matter what happens in this book, the sex is extremely vanilla. It's fine. Like it never gets crazy. He never orders her to do anything nutso. Like they have sex outdoors once, but he makes it comfortable for her. It's not even weird. It's a little weird because I think a, a burrow is watching them the whole time, but like, um, <laughs> we'll get to that scene. Um, it's not out front in his infinity pool. No. So, I mean, they have like perfectly n- normal vanilla sex. Like the thing that bothers her is that he's like, like his pleasure comes secondary, but it seems like he's actually putting it off. Like, it's not just that he's just getting pleasure from all of these other things. Like he's putting up a barrier and he doesn't make any noises when he comes and that is weirding her out. (laughs) She's like, no dude, you gotta like be a part of this. Like, and he's like, Oh, I don't do that. And she's like, I mean, everybody does it a little bit. You gotta like make some kind of noise. He's like, I don't make noises. And she's like, I think you do. You're just holding back. He's like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) Of all the, of all the things. Not not even oh don't go into that wing of the house it's yeah, I just don't make uh, I'm I'm coming I'm co- that was great yeah <laughs> like, that's what, basically you, it. what? And, and she's weirded out by that to be <laughs> fair I would also find that weird <laughs> um but she brings it up and so then the next day he's like what do you want to do today and she's like oh, I want to go visit my friend is that okay is that like not cool sex slave stuff he's like no it makes total sense she's sick in a hotel room we better go visit her. <laughs> let me bring her some soup yeah so they go and visit her and she's fine like she's not fine she's still like really sick but she doesn't want to come down to eat and (gasps) does she end up with the doctor she does end up with the doctor yes yes good Uh, they they do end up together but so uh they chit chat for a little bit like and then our girl takes a shower and you know changes clothes goes down and Joel wants to take her out. They could they run. Does into, she? 
tell the fr- bill again and does she tell like, the f- does she tell maya about the the whole arrangement no i would never tell the person who was in debt to a hotel that i bargained away the possibility of her getting paid <laughs> fair fair and so she doesn't tell her that but like it's all an incredible like and maya's totally well, and yeah because she's like oh i'm fucking this guy which is what maya wanted so right and she's maya's like, like, i'll just be sick and pus- lust after the doctor yeah, Maya's totally on board with whatever she's doing. She's like, okay. yeah, go get reamed. Have fun. <laughs> uh, they go downstairs. They they meet Bill again. Bill is, like, creepy. And then uh, and Bill offers to, like, take them on a helicopter tour. And she's like, no, nope, I don't want to do that. And then Joel takes her out to the desert. He's like, I want to take you to my favorite place. And it's just, like, this beautiful vista. Like, it's just this beautiful part of the Nevada desert that's just lovely. And there happens to be wild burrows around. And that's when they have sex outside. In Um, front of a burro. Now, the whole time, like, our girl doesn't trust Joel completely. So all the time she's thinking about, like, well, is this when he's going to kill me? Like, it's beautiful out here, but am I going to be buried in a hole out here? Like, is that the choice I've made with my life? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So there's a lot of, like, life or death stuff happening in her head. Uh, and then, uh, I'm losing a little bit of the plot here. Uh, and then she wants to go back and check in on her friend again. When she checks in on her friend, like, uh, she does meet up with Bill again, and Bill is like, well, did he take you out to see the, the burrows? And so, like, the thing is that's also going on in her head is that she knows, like, he has sex with other women who are tourists all the time. Mm, like, that's mm-hmm. also his thing. Like, he's got to, like, take them back. And, like, is this just part of his normal arrangement? So, like, she's not feeling very special. And she's trying to keep that in the back of her head and not get jealous. But we know that she's jealous of other women all the time. So yeah. This is like a normal, like, because they all lady. look the same to her. Right. So this is uh, so this is a normal straight lady. I'm in a romance novel problem where she's jealous of people who don't exist or don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when like bill shows up and he's like oh so he took you to his special place like she starts to freak out a little bit about that and like what that means she drops her handbag and the clasp opens and she tries to scoop everything up but it doesn't like you know in time and like bill helps her and then she goes and goes back to hang out with joel and then she gets a phone call from her bank and her bank's like somebody is doing weird charges like did did you try to buy something for a hundred thousand dollars and she's just like no and so they have to cancel her card now she doesn't have any cash and now she's only got whatever cash she's got on her but she immediately thinks it's joel why i don't know not, not the man who was there when her credit card fell out of her bag? Right. The the skeevy man who she has been upset about this entire time and thinking is gross. She doesn't automatically think it's him. She thinks that maybe it's Joel who, like, maybe maybe the narrative was something like, oh, it's all too good. Like, a good guy like this who's fun and good at sex couldn't possibly be real. Like, he's got to have some other angle. And if it's not to kill me, it's to take all my money. 
I guess. What if she? Th- what if her face blindness made her think that Joel and Bill were the same person? I mean, it's really possible. Who knows? Okay. So, huh. so she has a. Big, like, sometimes he's like one hour he's really nice, the next hour he's really skeevy. I don't understand this guy. He's very complex. So she has a big fight with Joel, and she heads back to into Vegas proper because they were at his house, and then she meets up with Bill, and there's this weird back and forth with Bill, like, like, like Bill is like. Let me take you out on a date. And she's just like, fuck no, get the hell away from me. And then Joel shows up and she wants to kind of show Joel that she's she doesn't care about him. So she says she's going out on a date with Bill. And so Ugh. Bill's like, hooray. And then she's like, I'm not actually doing that. That was just a cover. He's like, well, now you have to. And so this just goes back and forth for like the longest time. And it's the dumbest, stupidest thing. And then there's like a moment where like they, they go to a strip club. But she doesn't want to go inside. She's like, why would I ever want to be here? Then it looks like somebody hands him drugs. And she's like, why is there a drug deal happening? <sighs> it doesn't matter. None of it matters. <laughs> it's just very annoying and weird. It's not well written. It makes no sense at all. We finally find Joel again. Joel and Bill like have a punch out fight. Are secretly brothers? doesn't come up who knows <laughs> um joel and bill have a punch out fight um and then uh uh when bill falls over like uh out of his pocket comes this keepsake that she had kept in her purse that was her ex-boyfriend that was her dead boyfriends that she was missing and she's like it was bill the whole time and then we realize oh bill also took the credit card of maya like, Bill was also there at Maya's table when she was getting too drunk and gambling too much. And he also stole Maya's credit card. So Bill is the big villain this whole time. He's also not good at it. No, he's terrible. Like, because 99% of the population, if you take their card and try to charge $100,000 to it all at once, their bank is going to call them about it. Oh, right away. Right away. Uh, I... Whenever I've had my credit card stolen, it's like a whole bunch of $1 like transactions that are really tiny at normal places. And then like where they're just trying to see if it'll work and how yeah. far they can get with it. And then some big ass purchase at like an auto shop or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So That's... anyway. Okay. Uh, she apologizes to Joel. She's like man i can't believe i did that joel's like really understanding about the whole thing he's like no i mean who can you trust but he's like you know but you're special to me you are special i want you to know that and i think i'm even falling in love with you and this is the part of this book you're gonna love neil great she goes um no it's not love it's sex it's really good sex (laughs) and he's like no but like we have this connection. She's like, no, 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 I agree. We have this crazy great connection. You and I get along really well. And I think like, this is good, but I can't just like leave my entire life and like come here and be with you all of a sudden. And like your life would be suddenly changed. Like we can't do that. I am a teacher. I have a house in another state. (laughs) And he's like, but I really do think I love you. She's like, listen, it's possible I love you too. But what I want to do is I'm going to go back to my life and we're just going to do this long distance for a little bit. And then in a couple of months, I'm going to come out to stay with you 
for a long time and we'll see how that works out and he's like this is perfect i love it <laughs> i'm i am shocked and there was no epilogue about getting married and having babies i am shocked by how reasonably they both approach that situation <laughs> oh my god uh yeah he was never crazy possessive the whole time like uh completely reasonable like after she became his sex slave he was like but i mean if you're into it like if you're yeah it, it's fine like and i'm never gonna make you do anything you don't want to do you can always say no like <laughs> goodness like and then he was the one that was making the overtures and she's just like whoa 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 slow your roll my friend <laughs> I don't oh. want to talk up the book too much because it also included things like this. He tasted clean and salty, and the leathery tip of his head was hard and ready for action. That's not good. That's leathery? Not good. Leathery. Oof. And the tip was hard? The tip was hard. The <laughs> tip? The tip. I, I imagine his his dick looks like beef jerky, and I, there's like a steel tip at the end. And I was I was like, ooh, that man has been out in the sun naked bathing for too long. Oof. Uh, not good, not good. Um, I also uh, this is the one time I've ever heard girl button. What? For what? clitoris? Oh, no. And I was like, absolutely not. He pressed um, my girl button. Yeah. So, I mean, cool. I do not want to... <laughs> this book was badly written. There's terrible things in it. But, I mean, Joel was great. And, like, the way their romance ended up was great. I mean, it was like the writer was just like, you can't fall in love with somebody over a weekend. Let's just not... <laughs> <laughs> It's not happening, but you can have a really good time. And I, also I love like, that it's like you can't fall in love with someone over a weekend, but let me write a book about people falling in love over a weekend. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I love the consent part so much. I just love how Jill's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, look, this is supposed to be fun for both of us. And if you're not into it, you're not into it. And then I should note at the end, we do, when we get back to the hotel room for the final time and we, we meet up with Maya, uh, she is in love with the doctor and they've been having a great weekend. Like, I think like half the time, like if there's another book out there that's about Maya, like she's been fake. She was genuinely sick at first and then she was faking sick for a while so that the doctor would stay around. And then they <laughs> went out and just had a good time. Um, Joel does pay off all of Micah's debts. Like, of course. Uh, and pays for like some of the trip. He also sends like a note to Abby being like, 100% I uh, was always going to do this. Like, <laughs> it's like I was never not going to pay for this. And also, I totally cheated at cards. Like, I mean, I was, I wanted you to be my sex slave, and that was not an okay thing to do, but you know, we had fun. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, that's what she gets betting on cards with a professional poker player. And then, so Abby's Or whatever bluff. game he plays. Does it say that he does poker specifically? No, it's just like cards. Like, okay. so it's like, he, it, like, it spends most of his time on poker, but it's like, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. Abby's bluff at the end is that 
when he's professed his love to her, she takes out her own deck of cards and she's like, okay, here's the thing. We'll play the game again. Uh, if, uh, if I win, then, or if you win, I'll stay and like, we'll, you know, start our lives together or whatever. If I win, we're going to do it my way where I go and I come back and we just see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And she wins. Um, because she also like rigged the game. <laughs> okay. So like, does she does she rig the game after she finds out that he yes. rigged the game? Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. As it should be. Yeah. So it's just you know, and it's it's sweet and it's cute for that reason, and like, yeah, she's just getting over a horrific like thing that happened in her life. So no, she's not going to just marry this dude. And he does say like, let's just go to a chapel, let's get married, and she's just like, no, we're <laughs> not doing. <that." laughs> There's a lot about yeah. Abby I don't understand. She loves the smell of chlorine. Like, she's all what? about... Yeah. She is all Hi. about the smell of chlorine. Um, <laughs> she's like, the wonderful smell of chlorine that hit me long before we uh, scaled the hotel steps. She's into that. Okay. Um, uh, also, something about Maya you need to know. She wore tie-dye to jeans. Yeah, that's not a good look on anybody. So, like, immediately, like, I loved Maya, and then it just went right down. Like, I was like, girl, that's a choice. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. We okay. just have to accept th- terrible things about some people we love sometimes. <laughs> um, But, yeah, but that is all the things you missed from that book. Wow. Like, I mean shocked at how not horrible a guy joel was wow i was at the beginning because the the first couple times we see him he's just like oh hey how's it going yep and she's like oh i bet you're like a card shark and you like you know con people and he's like not really sometimes but you know whatever like he seemed like perfectly nice guy and then when they went out and he was like steering her by putting his it's like hello woman nice to meet you and i'm gonna put my hand on the small of your back to like direct you around i'm like nope 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 i'm gonna order for you nope nope there's a part two because they um he orders from the prefix menu and she apparently her brain turns off because she's like and then they looked at me to order but i didn't even hear what he said and i hadn't looked at the menu yet so i just said i'll have the same and i hoped it was good so i imagine that he's sitting there and he's like oh yeah i'll have the the lobster bisque and i'll have the this and that and she's just like (laughs) just like her brain is gone what was funny about that was it was also like the prefix for two so he ordered for two and she was just like yeah i'll have the same and the waiter and him looked at her like what (laughs) um yeah i think if anybody is reading this because they want a sex slave book like if you're into that if that's what you're looking for this is not the book for you there's no (laughs) sex slavey thing that happens in here like he's just like hey take off your clothes now she's like okay (laughs) okay now touch yourself i was going to anyway yeah she's she's a great time and then eventually you know she does get him to she's like man if you're enjoying yourself i want to hear you enjoy yourself and he does he's like okay Okay. like i just have a really hard time like and then does he make a really terrible noise and she's like oh i see why you kept uh, quiet keep doing that perfectly normal noise but (laughs) it's like i'm getting close i'm getting close she's like oh you got a whole what the fox say vibes going on with you and then 
Uh, 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 no, he just says, I can't be this fucking vulnerable, not for anyone. Like, he's like, I don't like being vulnerable. And she's just I, like, I like being vulnerable. So you better figure it out. And he's like, okay. And then he comes. <laughs> I. So he, he, he feels that making noises while he comes is being vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's uh, got their thing. Everybody's got their thing. This is Joel's thing. And you know, well, okay. Okay. And then whenever he comes, he sings blue by Eiffel 65. I'm blue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It really, it was genuinely. Also, it feels it like be. a whole lot got smushed into the last 70% of that book. It did. And it made <laughs> no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, but that book was Abby's Bluff by Heather Hart. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary. Kill. 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 Are you ready? Fuck Mary. Kill. Hey Claire. Hey Neil. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Um. Okay. Would you like to, could, you go first, because I need to think of one, because I, now that I know all the characters. <laughs> well, our characters are going to be um, Abby, uh-huh. or um, they're going to be Abby, or Simon, or Miguel. Okay. Um... I'm going to I'm going to marry Miguel. He was nice. Um he uh sounded attractive. He is a fireman, which is great for <laughs> society and his physique. Um yeah, he just seemed really nice. Um, I'm going to fuck Simon. Um, even though he's like, there's one point where he's like, and then he, he, what happened? Oh, like they're fucking. And then he's like, and then he pulled his dick out. And I'm like, what the f- actual fuck? And then Miguel's like, oh, let's do a different position. And someone's like, okay, we'll be fast about it. Like, oh, gross. Um, so that won't be fun. I'll have to deal with a bossy bottom. But he also seemed fine. I don't want to marry him because he—he's just like, he—you know—you know that his whole life he's just like, I had to strike out on my own. I've done all this on my own. It's like, no, you had grandma and you had one of the Mima and Papa's money, and you didn't—you yeah. didn't do any of this shit on your own. Anyway, um, and then I'm gonna kill Abby just because she seemed like a bowl of oatmeal. Though I do appreciate that she's like, no, you're not in love with me. We just. Fuck real good. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah. I'm, no, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna fuck her and I'm gonna kill Simon. I changed it. I'm, I changed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, agreed. I am also going to kill Simon. Like Simon, Simon, 
you know what? He's got no problems. He's perfectly fine. He's lived a great life. He's I he doesn't he's good. He's fine. Whatever. He has a luxury uh, apartment with an extra bedroom he doesn't even use. Uh, uh yeah, no, I'm gonna kill Simon. I'm gonna fuck Abby because um <laughs> I mean talk about being a pillow princess. She just lie there and tell you, yeah, tell me what to do. I'll do that. I'll do that. I just take want you to make choices away from me, please. <laughs> please, I don't want to make any choices. <laughs> Until the end of the book, when she did need to make a choice. Good for her. Good for her. Um, and then yeah, uh, I think I am also going to. Uh, to marry Miguel. Like, he seems great. Uh, he's also bi. So, mm -hmm. you know, like, he <laughs> could be I, into it. I did really did not enjoy it. Because they talk about um, how he had only ever really dated women uh, because he wasn't out. So he's like, oh, so I can, like, be open about these relationships, which okay like that's kind of shitty but like we see him that he's been we see him being equally attractive but to both men and women but then there's a point where it's like oh like his mom or his sister someone's like oh you never really connected with the women that you used to date and now i know why and i'm like no, no. now it's no. my erasure yeah anyway okay claire uh-huh fuck mary kill mm -hmm. bill uh-huh. Miguel's dad. Oh. Or um who else is shitty? Um Nick. Our supposed ally. Yes. Because oh, also okay. yeah, 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 there was yeah, a yeah. very gross part at the front of the book where he comes in because his wife Maggie isn't there uh, at the at her own bakery and he's like, Where's my wife? She's so lazy. And it's a joke. It's jokey. We're being jokey bantery people. And the girl behind the cash register is like, do you want me to tell her that you called her lazy? And he's like, whatever. I'm not scared of her. I'm in prime physical condition. Look at my muscles. And then the girl goes, what are you going to do with those muscles? And then Miguel steps in and is like, we're, we're done. The banter is done now. We're not going to talk anymore. And all I kept thinking is like, yeah, what the fuck are you gonna? It's was this a joke about spousal abuse? Because I don't think that was fun or funny. And then I still think he's having an affair with Simone. Uh, nobody's going to tell me that that's not happening because it was it was dumb. It was dumb enough to point out what was pointed out in the book. So I'm just gonna run with it. I don't care that they had in a whole nother romance book. <laughs> so Nick is also one of the bad guys. There we go. So uh, Bill, whatever his name actually was. Miguel's dad or Nick? I am going to um I'm going to fuck Nick and then like take him to a lecture series <laughs> um about toxic masculinity mm -hmm. and what true and then another lecture series about true allyship. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and I think, uh, you know, he'll go along with it and that'll be fine. Um, I'm going to kill uh, Miguel's father. Not because he's um, not because he's 
a bigoted asshole who then has uh, who redeems himself but because he is not a character who exists and was the only bad guy in that whole book and it was mostly to to show how the only problems a queer person has is uh coming out and uh everything works out fine in the end <laughs> and i hated the way it was written mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's gonna have to die if only for that reason and then i'm gonna guess, marry pill well what's gonna happen is <laughs> i'm gonna he's marry, gonna get arrested i'm gonna marry bill and then i'm going to also kill him i'm going to push him off the helicopter that he, that we go on a tour with and leave him in the hole in the desert. <laughs> I mean, the rules never say what you do after you get married. Yeah. So, and it's just going to be part of my colorful life story. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I'm also going to fuck Nick. He'll he'll put those muscles to use with me, but in a in a using them to have sex way. In a sexy way. In a sexy way. And then um and then I'll take him to Oz and just be like, here's how you interact with queer people. Hey, guess what? It's not about you. Um I'm gonna marry Miguel's dad. No. Oh. Uh, that seems like a fun family to marry into. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, the family seems great. Miguel could be my hot son in law, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to kill Bill, um, because he steals people's credit cards and is not smart about it. Is bad at it. So is the implication that that's wh how he has money? Or, no, he also said he's a gambler, right? He has very little money. He's a professional gambler. He's just, he's okay. not good at it. Like Joel is very, very good at what he does. So um, I think Bill the is terrible at it. The implication seems to me that Bill only has money because he steals people's credit cards, but that Abby's is the first bank to be like, hey, what's going on? I mean, he is such a cartoon bad guy. It's surprising he doesn't have a mustache, but he probably only doesn't have a mustache because Abby can't see it. <laughs> Great. Uh, out of all of the characters, Claire? Oh, I mean, like... <laughs> I'm going to marry Joel because he seems great. Like, like he's got, he's going to figure it out. That sounds great. He's, he's good at like making sure other people have pleasure. It's super fun. He's got a, he's got two pools at least. And I love <laughs> pools. I love a pool. I love a pool. And the I'm smell not a big chlorine. fan of chlorine smell, but <laughs> I will stand for it for a pool. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he has saltwater pools. Yeah, say nice saline pools. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck Maya mm -hmm. because I think we have some fun. She she's got a lot going on. She's she, not. She's she doesn't have it all together at mm -hmm. all. She's <laughs> she's very messy, but you know what? She's fun as hell. So mm -hmm. that sounds mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Even with the tie-dye jeans, you know what? She's oh, fun. She's well, she fun. won't be She's wearing fun. them for long. Look, I don't think she ever wanted to go to see Donnie and Marie. <laughs> no, because that's straight people nonsense. Yeah, she was not on board. Oh, we'll go somewhere fun. Um, and I'm going to kill Bill 
Because in the end, he's the one that deserves killing the most for reals, and he was terrible. Fair. Um, I'm going to fuck the doctor. I think Maya's a good candidate, but I feel like that messiness will translate over, and I don't need that. So I'm going to fuck the doctor. Doctor, lady doctor. Um, I'm going to marry Joel. He sounded great. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, hey, this is my kink. Are you into it? It's totally fine if you aren't. And it's not <laughs> even like all that kinky. Yeah. Um, and so. I mean, after that, it's like, oh, that's why you wanted to order for me. And you're kind of like pushing me around. And he's like, I mean, like, I just get the feeling if we'd had that conversation, go, oh, yeah. Are you into that? Is that like, honest? that's the way we'll I operate see, as a human. Would we'll you see. That's the okay thing. You, you need to have that conversation ahead of time. Yeah. Um, because I think it totally would have been fine as part of the the deal. And maybe this happened. I don't know because I didn't read it. But if part of the deal, he was like, this is what I'm into and gave the whole like elevator pitch uh-huh. in a way that was also like seducing her into it, like uh-huh. selling her on it. Um. Anyway, I'm going to marry him. It's going to be fine. It'll be great. I'll I'll also hang out in the pool. I will not go into the infinity pool in the front of the house. <laughs> I will have that removed and replaced with an actual water feature because pools don't need to go in the front of a anyway. So marry him. I'm going to fuck the doctor and I'm going to kill. I think I'm going to kill Nick. Oh. I'm going to kill Nick. Actually, other than Miguel, I'm going to kill anyone who hangs out in that little cafe. Yeah, fair enough. So Simon, Maggie, Nick, I don't know about Simone, but she's she she's having an affair with a married man. So, Ugh. yeah, um, we started to describe too many things in that cafe. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Yep. 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 OK. And the books, Claire. Oh, I'm going to kill both of them. <laughs> um, do I think like uh, there was some interesting parts that uh like in one book that I enjoyed. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Abby's bluff had some very interesting parts. I also have to say though, um, I mean, it was so badly written at one point. She's like, Oh, I'm going to shake this like a snow cone. And I was like, a snow cone. Do you shake a snow cone? No, I I looked it up. I was like, is there anything like back East? No, it's a snow globe. She meant to say snow globe. Yeah. If you shake a snow cone, it'll just end up all over the floor. Yeah. I was like, why are we, I did find a business called snow cone shakes. Oh, but it just has shakes in addition to snow cones. So right there in the name. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no. So, it was just things it's badly written uh it's like the whole nonsense with bill was nonsense there's a lot of fun stuff in it i kind of wish like she'd just gone totally erotica and just like had sex life stuff and just like leaned into it and then they were together at the end like fuck plot you know fuck it just have sex yeah and and we've already gone over the many reasons why i don't think the other book should live i I've already forgotten. Finding Simon, looking yeah, for Simon. Finding Simon, something Simon. Shaking Simon, choosing Simon. Uh, Simon shakes. <laughs> um, I'm going to also kill choosing Simon. Uh, see, see above rant. Um, I'm going to fuck Abby's bluff. 
Not because I want to fuck the book, but because I enjoyed you telling me about it. <laughs> so, also, it um the bit that I read, because I read that one second, and, like, the bit that I read, it was funnier, and the sentences were better constructed than choosing Simon. So I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God that... She uses most of the words that she needs in that sentence. The commas are where they're supposed to be. The jokes are actually funny. Most of them. So, yeah. I'll fuck it. Does that mean that it's time for our favorite game? It's time for our favorite game. Christine! Yes! Yes! Okay. You're never going to guess. Uh, so I'm going to keep the guesses to, we're not going to do too many of them because, uh, you're just never going to do it, but okay. we're going to, okay. okay. So we are reading next time. Dizzy in love, a sweet romantic comedy. Creekville kisses two by Bethany, Bethany, sorry, Bethany Larson and sweet equity. A renovation romance book one by Aurora Ray. Like fixer up our houses. No. Okay. We've have we read Aurora Ray? Um because I remember saying Aurora Ray. Oh my god. Tell me <laughs> <that again. laughs> I bet we have. I bet we've read an Aurora Ray. I have Ray another book. guess that is going to be dancing. No. The last place you look. Oh yeah, okay. Was by Aurora Ray. Uh, that was the wine one, right? Yeah. Hold on. Julia oh. Pierce can think of nothing more than humiliating, uh, humiliating than her wife of eight years leaving her for her personal trainer. Oh wait, she can. Like I don't. And then Taylor Winslow. I don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 What happened to um, That's the one where she she got she won the art prize that was actually a residency in new york and we uh-huh. like were super in love with taylor because she sounded hot and amazing and oh. she made the adirondack chairs yes 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 all okay right. sorry um <sighs> all right well we're reading another book by aurora ray okay and my guess is and i'm gonna do something crazy because you said we'll never guess it. Yeah, so I know I keep trying to think of something like really pilots. Nope. Glue mm. makers. No. Um, <laughs> the circus. Nope. House okay. painters. Nope. Have we been at all close? No. Oh, okay. All right. Everybody gets uh, two more guesses. Okay. Can I, can, is it, is it, um, a trope or a type of person? Um, neither. <gasps> oh. Goodness. Okay. And um, it's one of Christine's favorite things. <gasps> my goodness. And to oh, be it... fair, it might feature sideline in both of these, in both of these books, <laughs> but it is why I picked, it is how I got to these books and why I picked them. Goat farms. Yes. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh my god! I don't... Again, like I 
don't know how much goats feature in them, but like this is how I found these books. Okay. And so like it, it could be like fucking two sentences for all I know. Okay. Oh my god, but I goats, hope the goats are wearing goats sweaters. Is how we got there. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm excited. I don't I claim the victory because things. you gave us so many hints, but I'm so excited. Uh, like, oh, I, it was something it was one of my favorite things and you guessed it <laughs> yeah well my first so. guess was going to be cats but i'm like no 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 no. i bet it was more esoteric than that yeah so yeah. i mean i do like cats but i do really love one specific cat <laughs> yeah, fair 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 Oh my god, I'm excited. Okay. Oh my well, god, but I do love goats. Oh well, my and god. Just, just so our listeners know, uh, as stated at the top, we are headed into the holiday season, and so we are going to be taking a little mini break. We may have surprises and things along the way when we when you hear from us again, but um, just know you now have lots of time to read these books if yes. you wanted to read these books at a time <laughs> unless you're listening to this podcast way in the future because you're somebody who's discovered us in which case oh hello and oh, in which hello. case you're just going to go on to the next podcast and see into a future we're not there yet it's amazing i love podcasts <laughs> isn't time funny what time is hilarious <laughs> somebody in the future reaching to the back to get ahead of us what yeah. I'm when will yeah. then be now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. That sounds like something that you would have engraved on and like one of those best friend heart things went in high school. <laughs> Just FYI, if anybody wants to do that, wants to, when will then be now? And then on the back of the heart, it says soon and then cut it in half or in three quarters and give us all that necklace. Yes. Uh, that's what we want. That's we what would, we want. That's yeah. definitely what we want for Christmas, which is still in the future. <laughs> but also we sometimes talking. the past. <laughs> Goodness. Well, before we get too many sillies and continue this on in Christine's notes. Uh, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> Sorry, that was my fault. Thank you, Christine. Thank, Thank you, Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. I know that we have torn these books asunder for our own pleasure, but you know what? We buy the books. so We gambled on these books and we all lost, but <laughs> you do have our money. Mm -hmm. So there we so, are. In a way, we all yep. lost. <laughs> Great. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. I mean, we could, but it'd be just a little bit boring. Mm -hmm. um, but we love having you. And, Neil, are there ways that our listeners can support us other than just rate, reviewing, and subscribing, which is a very helpful? Which is very helpful. Yes, yes, yes. But, listeners, if you happen to have a little extra money lying around, maybe you have an extra $20,000 lying around like Maya did. Did it ever explain where she got that money? Uh, no. Okay. Other than well, she's an inveterate gambler, and sometimes you just have a lot of money when you gamble too much. Okay. Well, if you're if you're like Maya and you just have an extra 20K lying around, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fmklitpod. There is a link in the description, um, or just type that whole thing into the URL. It's hard to find us on Patreon because we say dirty words like... Butt fucking. Ooh, nice. Girl button. <laughs> um, well, I guess all we have left to say is that if you can do so safely. 
And consensually. And in the heart of Sin City or the suburbs of. <laughs> <laughs> Key. 